following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, buddy, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. We are very, very appreciative of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. They are doing great things for us and great things for a lot of people. So if you haven't checked them out, please do so. You are listening to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going up, buddy? What up, bro? Not much, man. It's a Wednesday. Uh, you know, we record these late on Wednesday nights, later for you because you're in Eastern time. I'm on Central. Um, but I'll tell you what, for the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been I, I've been exercising, but kind of tra- uh, changing things up, and I'm going to, to a little bit more cardio. I'm in my winter cardio uh, cycle, and um, I'm just not feeling it. Not at all. Uh, operation shredification. Uh, <laughs> just like, no, like try to, <laughs> no, there's no shredding. It's more like just like, Try not to, you know, all the all the bad, like, yeah, Halloween candies around. I think I already went through a box. I never do that. I did this year. It's just, uh, it's been bad news. It's been bad news. I got news. you, man. Uh, I got you, bro. Hey, what's been going on? Do you have anything uh, going on this week? Anything noteworthy? Uh, man, no. Just, you know, sick kid and, mm. you know, that the joys that that brings. And, you know, people don't tell you that when you... When yeah, you have a kid. Yeah, it's all it's all joy, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, until the first dirty diaper hits, right? And then yeah, man. Then every every yeah, everyone's everyone's Facebook page looks wonderful, and then uh, <laughs> when your kid's spiking a fever because they have you know an ear infection or yeah. something, and it and and you got to stay home with them, and they got to stay out of school, and you got to get them on all these meds and run them to the doctor, man. It's a grind, bro. Adulting, man. It's not. Uh, it's not the best thing in the world. Like, I, you know, I, I try to look like I. Yeah, you and I have talked about this. We always say, you know, man, I wish you could just like relive maybe like your your junior, senior year of high school again. Now, I don't know that I'd want to go back that far because I do like having enough money to like you know go out to a restaurant and like buy things and stuff. Like, I like taking like trips every now and then. But, right. Um, you know, maybe I think that sweet spot for people is like that 20, maybe college age when you have a job, but you also don't really have any real responsibility and you can sleep in, you can blow class off. It's not a big deal. Man, those are the days. Those are those are the days, man. And, you know, but like you said, it's nice to be able to, yeah. you know, not not have to worry if you can put gas in your car or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Oh man, I can't drive that far, dude. I only have you know five bucks. Oh uh, yeah, you know? I, we, we used to go. Uh, so in in the days of Orlando, we would I would hang out with uh, my buddy Matt back then, and um, we would hop in the, we would hop in the car and get on the highways. And one of us would have to drive. You're right because you're paying for gas, and right. then the other had to pay for tolls. And it's that you know it yeah. was like that. And then if like one of you didn't have cash on you, you weren't going out. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I you know, and again, another thing that we always say is you know. How sad is it that people look in their years behind them and think that that was the peak of their life? Like, I always feel like the peak right. is forward. And, uh, you know, I always feel like I'm climbing a mountain. And uh, yeah. the day that I feel like that I hit the top, you know, I'll be in a super depression. So, you know, I right. think I'm going to peak at about like 115 years old. That's what that's what I'm going for. Just everything's well, it, getting better. Well, it's all about looking forward, man. You got to yeah. always have stuff like, you know, that you're striving to and like things 
that you're looking forward to. Right. I feel like the people that don't have anything they're looking forward to, like just kind of hit like this really shitty spot in life. And, you know, I, I think we've all been there at some point where you're just kind of like, what the fuck? But, yeah. you know, you kind of check yourself and you're like, all right, let me let me plan some stuff out, get, get myself back on track here. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, the show. Uh, so today we're we're pretty packed today. So um, we're doing a little things. Uh, we're we're adding a segment to the show um, that I want to be weekly. But frankly, everybody out there listening, you know, Sam and I, in addition to having the day jobs, I do, you know, writing and basically long story short, you know, boohoo. I'm, I'm so busy, that kind of stuff. But, you know, trying to, to schedule guests as Sam and I, Sam and I have both been doing. We, you know, we keep teasing the, these guests and they don't come on. So basically, I'm letting everybody out there know that our intention is to make what we're about to do today, you know, kind of a, like a weekly segment in addition to, you know, Sam and I doing our thing and, you know, kind of being go- goofy and, and telling some of our own stories and, you know, our th- own theories on different situations. We want to bring in a little bit more expert analysis rather than have, you know, one of us pontificate and, you know, tell, you know, people, you know, fans of a certain team what they should be doing and all that. It's good to have a little bit of back and forth with some experts. So today um, I'm very happy uh, to have on Connor Livese, uh, SB Nation uh, Cowboys contributor, Jeff Hughes, who runs the uh, the DeBears blog, and then Logan Levy uh, from the, the Take It to the Bank podcast, also uh, Baltimore Beatdown, SB Nation as well. So we're going to be talking today, uh, Cowboys, Bears, and Ravens. Like I said, you know, we're going to try to spread the love uh, nationally. We're going to try to spread the love. It's not always going to be all NFL. That's how it shook out this week. We are definitely going to be bringing on some NBA folks and uh, and, and people from all, um, all sports as well. So we'll be playing those. I, I think that we got about a you know, 25 to 30 minutes of content that I recorded um, with those three, which we'll be playing again. Very excited about that, you know. But before you know, we start to play those things, Sam. Um, I gotta say, and one of the things that we don't have, and I've been try- <laughs> I've been trying to get somebody to come on who's a Raiders expert because of this <laughs> team, Sam. I I don't, man. I think they're one in five now. I know they only have one win. I believe it's one in five. Uh, they're bye weeks this week, so yeah, it would have to be one in five. Um, Gruden seems in a little bit over his head. And now I can speak to this personally because, you know, I, uh, growing up a Redskins fan, I was a big Joe Gibbs, um, you know, just enthusiast. I loved him. He retired. It was very depressing. Then the, the franchise has never been the same since that first Joe Gibbs run. Well, when he came back, I remember my brother and I were just like, you know, just so, so excited. Uh, but he was in over his head at that point. The game, he had been out, I think, for... I don't know. I mean, I want to say like 15 years he had been been away from the game. It had passed him by. And I think in his second, maybe his third season, he brought in basically Greg Williams. He's now the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. And he brought in Al Saunders um, while Al Saunders was still alive. I'm just kidding. He is still alive. He just looks like a ghost, and he's also in <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, but Al Saunders ran the offense. Greg Williams ran the defense. And Joe Gibbs is basically just kind of like a personnel motivator CEO type. Right. I don't know, man. It, it, it you know, the, the the press has been pretty negative. We've been talking about on the show, like you know what Gruden is approaching the players um, like it's still the '90s. But the, mm-hmm. I think what he underestimated and what I'm seeing, and um, and again, we're going to bring somebody from the Raiders on at some point. I'm, I'm trying to find the right person for this. But, um, you know, my feeling is it, it, all along is that he's just really misjudged the personalities of today's NFL player. And today's, you right. know, what, what, what in reality is youth. I mean, you have 
people coming out of college, 21, 22 year olds, um, in some cases, even 20 year olds uh, in the NFL, uh, ranging up to what I don't know what the NFL median age is, but you can basically say people in their 20s uh, for the most part in this league. And you got to be able to relate to kids these days if you're going to be in management. And that's what uh, NFL coaching is, Sam. What do you think? Well, I just think it's kind of funny when these guys almost become like larger than life when they've had like, you know, all this time off. You know, I right. kind of felt like I felt like the like the myth of John Gruden kept like growing and he kept using, you know, potential places that he would go just kind of for contract negotiations. And he may have believed a little bit of his own hype. Right. You know, because, yeah, he had a couple good teams. And, yeah, he, he, had, you know, he had a good run. I, I would say his Raiders teams were probably the most successful. He kind of built that from scratch. Right. Then that whole, you know, of course, no no coach survived long in Oakland back then. Then he goes to Tampa and takes over a team that Dungy built, and that defense is ready-made for a championship. Right. I mean, he did not have to worry about that at all. So really all he was trying to do is get another, like, four points a game for the offense, and he was able to do that and won a Super Bowl in his first season. And then things kind of went downhill. I've never been a big buyer on John Gruden. I've always felt that Jay Gruden and this, you know, this, this dates back. This isn't Washington bias. This dates back to our days, Sam, of growing up in central Florida when he was playing arena football. Uh, I believe he ran both the storm and the predators. I know he played for both, but I believe he actually coached both of those teams as well. Um, you know, then he went to Tampa. He was doing some work for his brother, moved on to Cincinnati, had a great run uh, with Dalton being the offensive coordinator there. Uh, and he's doing things in Washington that frankly, no, head coach has done there since Snyder took over the franchise like they're actually consistently winning eight games a year uh, and and I'm sorry to say that is what what the bar bar of success is in Washington now if you can make the playoffs one out of every four to five years right. you're doing good in that franchise so or doing well I should say um yeah yeah I, I'm not um this is this is very interesting to watch play out see how the personnel changes are going he definitely has full control um of the personnel I don't like where it's going, uh, but he's on a 10-year contract, man. He's making a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is I don't I, – I was trying to find someone to, like, relate this to in basketball, like, who would come back and, like – but it is kind of similar to, like, Phil Jackson even coming back for the Knicks, like, as sure. whatever, their president. Yeah. Even though he had been out of coaching for, like, five, six years, it passed him by. Like, yeah, and I remember he, know, he came he out. He had no idea, like, what happened. And, <laughs> you know, now these younger guys, they're like, who? They don't, you know, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, didn't he coach Jordan? Like, they don't know, like, you know, and they don't care. Yeah. You know, like, we're That's in a thing. what have you done for me lately That's the thing, society. man. Yeah, like, they don't care. You know, they don't care right. what you did with, with <laughs> right. Kobe. They don't care what you did with Jordan, right? They don't care about that. And that's that's a big thing. And I remember there was some, like, you you know and will remember this better than I will, but I remember he and LeBron had some kind of back-and-forth spat. Like, he called yeah. like LeBron's people, like, his posse or something like that. He was talking some, about Melo's people being a posse, and then LeBron kind of, like, you know, stuck up for his boys. Oh, okay, so okay. I, yeah, oh, yeah, but I mean, again, yeah. that, that's that's just I think speaks a little bit generationally. Like, mm, you right. know, that's that's not really how you approach these types of uh, situations anymore. Like, <laughs> like right. it's not it, it, to me. It's not even maybe necessarily. <clears throat> and I know your your thoughts on Phil Jackson and the triangle and him running that in, mm -hmm. in New York and everything, but. Um, 
it, to me, it's not even about the, the X's and O's. It's about like, you're just out of touch with like reality today. Like it's different, you know, yeah. like, you know, uh, Richardson, the old Carolina Panthers owner, you can't have your female employees walking up and down the hallway so you can look at their ass. Like you can't do that anymore. This isn't Mad Men, you know, right. you can do it. Yeah. You can do it in Moscow. Like, and that's like, a legit, right. that's a legit thing, but, um, it, it, and it is, it is, believe me, you know, I can't speak um, to why I know those kinds of things. Not that I'm a spy or anything weird like that, but um, you know, just professional wise, I won't go into de- details on why I know that. But it is a real thing, actually. Like, like Russia today is like Mad Men. If you watch Mad Men, that's how it is. But um, yeah, you can't do that kind of weird stuff anymore. You know, it's just uh, yeah, and you could tell because Phil Jackson couldn't even get meetings with these players in free agency. <laughs> They're like they wouldn't even they wouldn't even give him a meeting, and I think for him that was like a real you know um, ego right? blow. Yeah. But oh, it's like, that. yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know if you'd ever admit that, but you know, like you can't in New York City, you can't even get meetings with these guys because they're all basically like, okay, like no, like we don't care, we don't care what you did, you know, fifteen years ago. You know, we don't even care what you did with Kobe, you know, in, in 2010. Yeah, I know. Like, they, to them, it's, uh, you know, what, what's going on right now? Yep, yep. So. Hey, uh, move, moving things along. So today, um, so I had Spotify on, and I was just playing, like, a random playlist. This is, I think this will make you laugh. Like, I don't know, like some random alternative rock music playlist or something. Good Charlotte has a new song or, like, a new album that they're releasing. Good Charlotte popped up, and I'm like, really like they're still (laughs) like i thought i thought they broke up like in like 2004 and they're still together and so you know what i did i went right down that rabbit hole and i went to wikipedia and i i I found out so they took like a four-year hiatus i'm going to give you the whole rundown here because i know this is important both to you and to the audience Uh, they took a four-year hiatus and uh and they came back they announced a they announced like a reunion in like 2015 or that they're going to start to work they released an album uh, they released a new album, I guess, in 2017, 2018, whatever it is. I guess 2018, because the song's new. And um, so I've never been a big, uh, you know, good Charlotte fan. So I wouldn't necessarily endorse the record, but I did go and look at the music video, and I, they, they, they look completely different, obviously, right? Because they were always wearing the eyeliner, which is also a weird right. thing. That was a weird stage of American <laughs> society, right, where the guys were like wearing like super heavy eyeliner <laughs> everywhere. Um, like the emo culture and all that, but, um, the dude looks just like, um, just like Dustin Diamond <laughs> for Screech, like Screech? not, not, not Screech from, from Saved by the Bell, but Screech as in like today, if you saw Dustin Diamond today with like his yeah. beard and stuff, the lead singer, they're like doppelgangers. I'm not convinced that these are two different people at this point. It's like a Clark Kent Superman situation, but a lot worse. Well, and one of the guys is married to Cameron Diaz. No way. Yeah, I th- I don't know if it's Benji or what was the other one. No um, one I, of the Madden brothers is married to. Uh, Holy moly! It can't be Kevin one of those. Bro- it cannot be one of those brothers. I I'm not going to live in a world where that's a possibility. What? That's married to Cameron Diaz. It can't be. It can't be the lead singer, and it can't be the brother, man. Not I, I can't have a Dustin Diamond doppelganger married to Cameron Diaz. It's not happening. <laughs> it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not living in that universe. I'm jump. I'm jumping in a spaceship and I'm leaving. It's true. I don't know who would look like Dustin Diamond though. 
I'm telling you, go look at the video. Do pull it up. I know I'm going to get you to pull it up after we're done recording. I will pull it up. I I mean, begrudgingly, but I will pull it up. I was never a good Charlotte fan. You know what? While we um while we cut to uh, while we cut to the SB Nation stuff, you should you can pull it up and we'll we'll talk okay. about it when we're back. Um, actually, actually, it's a pretty good segue. Why don't we just do that now? All right, we have Jeff Hughes from De Bears Blog. Jeff, man, how is it going? It's going well right now. I mean. Three and two after five games. I don't know many Bears fans or Bears media types who wouldn't assign for that at this point. Yeah, you know, when we were doing, um, so I have two two podcasts. Of course, this is Functional Sports of Hog, which everyone's listened to. We do the Get Paid podcast where we do a little bit more of the predictions. Uh, it's it's a little bit more analytical. And I thought that the hiring of Nagy was a very interesting one because last year, um, and, and, you know, being a member of, I guess, the Chicagoland area, although I wouldn't you know, classify myself as a fan, I thought that the Bears were a little underrated last year because their defense was so tough and they were in a lot of games. And so my theory was that if Nagy could come in and put an extra maybe four to seven points average on uh, on the top of the score from 2017, this is a serious team. They re- uh, they retained, was it Fangio, their defensive coordinator, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, and then you have Nagy, and then the, the big question was, can Nagy have the same effect on Trubisky that maybe McVay had on golf last season? So where do you think we are in this Nagy uh, and, the, and Trubisky's evolution? Are you happy with them? Do you want to see more? What do you think? Uh, through five games, I don't think you could ask for much more. People, I think, have underestimated just how far Trubisky had to go and just how inexperienced he is at top-level football. This is, he's only played one year. One year of major college football. He played seven games last year in what you could only describe as a remedial offense. (laughs) An offense that asked him to hand the ball off twice and then throw on third and long. In case you haven't followed football, that doesn't work. You know, sorry to cut you off there, but the Trubisky one, I think a couple, he might have won a game where he had like seven completions last year. Seven seven attempts. I mean, he (laughs) threw the ball seven times. Was that the Carolina game or something, I think? It was. And John Fox was gloating about it, and I really believe that in the organization they took that gloating as an offense. That this is a team that has clamored for a young quarterback to bring along as a franchise guy, and I think they learned very quickly over a four or five game span last year that that staff was not going to be the one to do it. So what you said about Nagy is true. They brought Nagy in to do to do exactly what McVeigh did for Goff, but even more so to really bring in the Andy Reid principles of bringing along a young quarterback. The Bears are not putting everything on Trubisky here in 2018. They know it's going to take time. But if you told them after five weeks, uh, 100-plus quarterback rating, 70%-plus completion, he's at the top of the league in a couple of categories that a lot of people didn't expect, I think he's further along, but... He'll face some tougher defenses now, and and the weather will change in Chicago as it does, and things will get harder for him, but we'll see. Uh, The arrows pointed decidedly up. Yeah, and and seventy percent completion percentage. You know, I certainly didn't see that coming, and I was looking at his stats just before you know we we brought you on, and um, he's he has eleven eleven touchdowns to four interceptions. It's almost a three to one quarterback. uh, Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, touchdown to reception interception ratio. You, you got to be happy with that. I think, you know, I I was not a big believer in Trubisky personally, but I did, um, you know, I did qualify that with saying, look, you know, just like you just said, um, you know, playing in J- that John Fox offense, they weren't 
or they jump Fox offense. You know what I mean? Like the, the offense coaching system and that staff, they weren't going to bring along a, a, a rookie quarterback. They had to make the move. And I think like, I think it's paying off. I think it is. Now let me ask you a question about uh, the running game here. So I like Cohen, but I'm a little put off and, and I'm saying personally put off because he's on my fantasy team. Uh, Jordan Howard, man, what is going on with this, this play calling the, the distribution? How do you feel about it? Listen, if you look historically at how the Andy Reid coaching tree runs an offense, the idea of a 25-carry-a-game, up-the-middle horse running back doesn't exist. And I've been saying this now for a a while to a lot of fans who don't want to hear it. Uh, I like Jordan Howard a whole lot. I think the Bears offense is designed with the interior offensive line as good as it is. Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, uh, rookie James Daniels is going to be a force inside. I think you could hand it to, to Howard 25 times a game easy, and he'll get better as the game goes on. But just look at what this team did in the offseason. Look at the people they've added. They are not going to do that. And I just don't see how Jordan Howard becomes anything more than a 10 to 15 carry a game guy who gets, if you want to talk fantasy, he'll get his fantasy output around the goal line because that's where they're going. But again, if you've watched this team through five weeks, they love to throw the ball down there. They love the shuffle pass to Trey Burton. They like to roll out their quarterback because he can move. So I have fought it for, for a time, but having seen this offense for five weeks, I don't see how a Jordan Howard with his skill set fits into what they want to do. And I certainly don't think you're going to see them pay him in the near future to stick around. And would, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I, I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears answered the phone if the Eagles called hmm. and said, what do you want for him? Because if the Bears can get a, 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 a piece back that's of some value, I think they would make the move because, you know, Jordan Howard is a hell of a player. And I thought coming into the year he was the best offensive player on this roster, but he's not the best offensive player in this system. Yeah, and and you kind of touched on this too, you know, down by the goal line. Yeah, the, the shovel pass, Trey Burton is a, you know, is definitely a great option down there. But I thought he was going to be used a little bit more. I mean, again, kind of tracking this back to Andy Reid's systems. He likes his tight end. Certainly, Kelsey is a is a game changer in Kansas City. I thought Burton could have been that dynamic um, type tight end, and he still can. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, he's getting like four or five targets a lot of the time. I thought he was going to be more like ten targets a game. Um, did you see that, or did you see this as more of a of a ball spread offense, which is turning out to be? Well, I don't think anybody saw Taylor Gabriel having the yeah, impact. He's very true. And so, I mean, and listen, that's on us because the Bears never shut up about Taylor Gabriel all summer long. The two players the Bears loved coming out of the summer were Adam Shaheen, who got hurt, unfortunately, in a preseason game, and Taylor Gabriel. Those were the two guys they thought created the best mismatch. And I've watched five straight games of Bears football. I haven't seen Taylor Gabriel covered yet. <laughs> and they've also used him really well in the run game on, on sort of the sprint out, uh, the carry sweep. I don't even know. I guess it's that jet sweep. But it works almost every time they run it. I think this is going to be a spread-the-ball-around offense. Miller's going to get his. Robinson will get his. Gabriel will get his. Burton will get his. But I'll be very surprised if any of these guys have a 12-catch game. I just haven't seen that in the way this offense is run. And if it's anybody, it might end up being Cohen because that seems to be the toy that 
Nagy enjoys to play with the most. Yeah, absolutely. And th- and that's a, that's a great daily fantasy nugget too. I mean, Cohen is getting a lot of catches, um, especially if you're playing like a DraftKings, any any kind of type of uh, PPR league. When I release the rankings, it, people are always saying, why do you have Cohen so high? It's like, well, you, dude, he gets a lot of catches uh, and he's used as such in this offense. Um, yeah, so, and, and, you know, Gabriel, like you said, nobody saw him coming out like he did. Even not though, like this. Yeah, not, not like, like this. this. So, week to week, I think he's a great sleeper for people uh, moving forward. So, Jeff, before I let you go, let me ask you, what do you see for the Bears for the rest of the season? I think the next three games are pivotal. And, and I think uh, they have a tough one this week with the Patriots. The Patriots have not been as good on the road this year. They've actually gotten blown out twice. But they weren't quite the complete roster they are now. If they win this week, it'll be a big step. They have then home to the Jets, then at the Bills, two games that I think they're going to win. So this week is the difference between are you a 5-3 and three team at a halfway point or are you perhaps a 6-2 and two team? If they're 6-2 and two going into the, to the back stretch of the season, I think you can expect big things. I don't think this is a very good Packers team. The Vikings have never felt whole yet this year, have mm-hmm. never felt coherent. So this division is there to be won. This is the best defense in the division, despite what happened in Miami, which I, I'm just writing off to the heat. They couldn't tackle in the second half. That's a real this thing, that defense. humidity. That humidity in Miami oh, is brutal. Uh, they, couldn't, they, they were not even moving. I mean, the, the second <laughs> half of that game was comical. There were seven points scored total in the first half and 49 scored in the second <laughs> half. There has to be a reason. That just doesn't happen in the NFL. So I think they're the best defense in the division. I think their offense is getting better and looking more dynamic every week. So the Bears fan who came into 2018 and saying, hey, I want to I leave this season with high expectations for 2019, I think they're going to get that. And the Bears fan who came into 2018 and said, hey, I want to play January football, well, that's far more likely now than it felt in August because they're just moving along quickly. So next three games are the ones to watch, but I think they're going to definitely be playing relevant games in December, and there's a chance they could sneak themselves into the postseason. Very good. Good stuff, Jeff. I appreciate you coming by. Once again, DeBear's blog. Uh, check it out. Good stuff as usual. So, Jeff, man, thanks for coming on. Uh, hope to have you back sometime soon. Thanks, Sean. All right. All right, we are here with Logan Levy of SB Nation, also the Take It to the Bank podcast via Baltimore Beatdown. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am doing well. So I want to talk to some Ravens. So it, it, to enter the season, and, and for listeners that listen to the Get Paid podcast, they know, uh, you know, Brad and I, and, and Logan, I know you, you're very well aware of this as well. Everybody who tries to pick an AFC champion, uh, I shouldn't say everybody, but probably like 80 or 90% of the people either pick the Patriots or maybe for an upset, they pick the, ooh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers because that's a really, you know, that's a big leap. Well, what Brad and I tried to do, and we like both of those teams obviously coming into the season, what Brad and I tried to do was uh, pick the, you know, maybe somebody who was a little bit under the radar. I think Brad ended up with Indianapolis because he thought maybe, you know, luck coming back, they could get back and make a run. I picked the Ravens, and I still feel good about that selection. How do you feel about it? I would say your selection might not bode well later, and I think we're going to find out who the real Ravens are coming in the next couple of weeks, because you look at what happened the first six weeks of the season, they're four and two. And if you talk to any Ravens fan, anyone that covers the team, 
being four and two right now is kind of what I would suspect. Did they get to four and two the way that I predicted they would get to? Absolutely not. I didn't really think they were going to lose to Cleveland. I really didn't think they were going to win in Pittsburgh, but they did. But the real thing is the next part of their schedule, the next couple games are a lot is going to be a huge test for them. They got the Saints coming up. They got the Panthers. Uh, they also have the Steelers again. They have the Bengals again. I mean, this is a grueling part of their schedule. Really, we're really going to find out who they are. And I think this Saints game, to be honest with you, is really could make or break their season because if they win this Saints game, now they're 5-2, and two, obviously, and then they're going into Carolina and the momentum, as we talk about in the NFL, momentum's huge. They're going into Carolina 5-2, and two, and, and I think they would might win that game if they beat New Orleans. Then they're 6-2, and two, and you're looking like, oh, wow, maybe 11-5, 12-2, and actually host a home playoff game and win the AFC North. With the way that the AFC North is going right now, Cincinnati could be falling off that cliff right now, and Pittsburgh's rising a little bit, but with the Baltimore winning the first game, I mean, of, of the two, I, I really think you can you you can be pretty high on this team. Yeah, and um, you know, the, I guess for my prediction, then it doesn't really bode well because I do think the Saints are going to narrowly win. Now, I think that's a very close game, but for me, it's the game of the week. It's the one I'm I'm looking more for, most forward to watching. Uh, you know, people come in and 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 you know, I think. It's almost like the Bortles effect, or maybe a, a, like a like a retroactive Bortles effect. Um, Flacco, Flacco isn't the sexiest quarterback. You know, he doesn't wow people from a fantasy point of view. Um, and you know, frankly, last season he he kind of stunk it up. Um, do you think that was more on Flacco or the receivers last year? And how do you think this receiving core and Flacco are playing this year compared to years past? So here's the thing with Joe Flacco, and it's quite the conundrum, and if you live in Baltimore, you kind of feel it. I think Ravens fans, and what I've noticed is you're either labeled a Joe Flacco hater or a Joe Flacco apologist. <laughs> so so if you're the if you're the latter, if you're a Joe Flacco apologist, you're going to blame the offensive coordinators because Flacco has had a lot of offensive coordinators in his, in his career. We could talk about Cam Cameron. We could talk about Jim Caldwell. We could talk about Mark Tressman. We could talk about Gary Kubiak. We can now talk about Marty Morningweg. And I'm not going to hate on any of those any of those coordinators except for Tressman because I think Tressman was probably the worst first one by far and he only lasted a season and a couple of weeks but the thing that that these coordinators failed to do that I thought Gary Kubiak did very well is they changed their scheme and they changed their system to fit Joe Flacco best Joe Flacco it fits best in my view in a vertical concept kind of offense not this west coast system that Marty tried to run that Mark Tressman tried to run that Cam Cameron tried to run a little bit because Flacco is not a very accurate quarterback I know he has got the big arm and he and that's that's very sexy to some people but the reality is his accuracy is kind of under question his decision making also is under question I don't know that he can make consistently make good reads like an Aaron Rodgers Drew Brees Tom Brady etc so I think Flacco you have to simplify it down and you use him to his strengths have a good running game use the play action get him out of the pocket because he's very good when, when he extends plays off the play action bootleg and let him throw it deep down the field and target the deep parts of the air deep parts of the field so I'm not going to blame Joe Flacco entirely for what happened the last two to three years, but I think that he had a very large part to do with it, obviously. And I think that you look at the injuries had to have played an effect. I mean, 2015, he tears his ACL. And then the next season, he has that back. Next season, he's entering training camp 2017 with the, with the back injury. After 2016, he was rehabbing from his ACL. So injuries have been a little bit of an issue for Joe Flacco. But this is the first year that he's been fully healthy coming into training camp. He's been healthy so far and he's looked really good. And he's also had really good wide receivers. I mean, I might even go out and say, this is the best in terms of wide receiver groups. This might be the best wide receiver group he's ever had in his entire career. Best wide receiver of all time. Probably I, I would throw maybe Steve Smith, maybe Anquan Bolton mm, there, yep. but in terms of an entire group, this is the best group he's had. And I think it's done well for him. I need to get your thoughts. Uh, Collins, Buck Allen, 
running distribution. Do you like it? Do you have any any thoughts on this after uh, breaking down some film? So here's my whole thing about this, and and, and fans are going to kill me for saying this, and, and fantasy football people might kill me for saying this as well, but I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. When you look at it from like a scheme standpoint, what the Ravens do in terms of their running system, they run a lot of complex systems. They run one of the more complex systems, I would say, in the NFL because they run inside zone concepts, they run outside zone concepts, they run gap schemes, they run all these different kind of schemes. And when you look at the, the zone scheme in particular, which is the, the concept that they like to run the most, that requires running backs to make multiple reads you're reading the defensive line you're reading the linebackers you're reading the defensive end you're reading all these different guys you're reading all these different gaps and i think that alex collins honestly struggles to make those multiple reads he runs much better in a gap system more of like a man blocking scheme where they have one guy pulling and it's like all right run right here now buck allen on the other hand he is great in the zone scheme. He's very good at reading. He's great vision. He's very good at reading different lanes and, and picking the right one to go to. So for me, I would keep giving Buck more carries because Alex Collins, aside from his fumbling issues, I think he has issues just picking the right hole, very simply put. So to me, I, I like the idea of having two guys that can do it because I think – I know some people say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, you don't have any. But to me, if you have two running backs, you have two running backs. You have two really good running backs, so use them. And I think that's what the, the, the trend that the NFL is going towards. I mean, Look at the teams that were in the Super Bowl this year, the Patriots and the Eagles. Did either of them have workhorse running backs? Right. No, they both had three or more. So I think the Ravens should should go with the trend that the NFL is showing you and have a running back by committee approach. And and are we going to talk about Lamar Jackson? I was waiting for that. I got oh, notes for goodness. that. Yeah, you know what? So let me say, uh, we, we were talking about Flacco before. I think, you know, the drafting of uh, Lamar Jackson, I was critical with how Flacco handled it, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, I don't like the uh, just in in terms of strategy i hate the idea of putting in packages like the lamar uh, jackson package like hill in new orleans i don't mind the wildcat i don't mind those types of things what i hate about it it's it, it drives me crazy is that you line up a breeze or a flacco at wide receiver and they don't go out for a pass route and you're effectively playing 10 on 11 at that point i hate it what do you think sean we gotta get you on my show man i gotta, I gotta talk to you i don't know what's going on um <laughs> so Here's the thing, and, and and I encourage you and everybody else to go look at my film piece. Joe, this, this 10 on 11 thing, it's actually not real because what happened, and it actually happened in, in, in the last couple games, the game against the Titans specifically, where Flacco went out there and there was a corner that just stayed with him. So it's not 10 on 11. It actually is 10 on 10 if you really want to think about it. And, and we don't want Joe Flacco running routes because the guy can barely run as it is. He can't slide. And I don't think you should get your quarterback any extra hits that he doesn't need to take. So the idea that he's getting out there, it's 10 on 11, 10 on 11 is just not true to me well, based on the film. But not I, to, I get let your me, point. Let me cut you off there. Not, not to disagree uh, because I, th I think you're right about that. But my – let me say this. If I was a defensive coordinator and I saw the package, I would immediately sub out, um, you know, whatever cornerback it is because I don't care. I'd probably put in like a safety, a third safety or something like that, and I would just crash the the, the line. And, you know, Flacco, I know I know what the thought is, is like if they start to do that, then maybe we could send him out and get it like an easy 10 or 15 yards. You know, I would... I would I would risk that. I think it should be 10 on 11, whether or not the defensive coordinators are going after it. I think they're letting them off the hook when they go to those packages. But, you know, uh, I guess if you can get away with it, you can get away with it. So, but, so, so sorry, I, Logan. I, I, I agree with that. I, so so if, if defenses start to do that and, and eventually you throw it to Joe and whatever, you don't you don't want to go down that hole. Just get Joe out of there. Get Breeze out of there. Get whoever out of there. Agreed and just with put that. in another wide receiver. Because the thing is, and and I did a film piece about this, that the Saints use uh, Taysom Hill. I know Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson. 
Jackson. Everyone said they're not the same. Actually, if you look at their measurables analytics, they really are. They're both six foot two. They're both around the 216 to 230 range when they weighed in at the combine, their pro days respectively. So similar go, coming into the NFL, they were similar weight and they were similar height. So I think that the Ravens and what, and I don't hate the packages. I hate the scheme though. I hate that they're trying to put, run these power concepts where you're running him up the middle. Don't do that. Let Lamar Jackson get outside and get in space. And, and the one running play he had against the Titans where you saw where he did just took a direct snap and then went to the outside and picked up 22 yards and he almost scored. So run more concepts like that and make defenses adjust. And the last thing I'm going to say, because I know we're going way over time, is I think that what they should do is start doing RPOs with Lamar Jackson. Because if you watch the linebackers, once Lamar Jackson lines up in shotgun, under center, wherever, you can see they are all thinking we're running. They're running it. They're running it. Everyone crowds up. Give me an RPO because the linebackers aren't going to be there. Have sl- have Sneed or whether it's tight end, you can go Nick Boyle, Max Her- uh, Max Williams, Hay- uh, Hayden Hurst, Mac- Mark Andrews. Pick your poison. Have them run some sort of route up the middle where the linebacker should be, and that's an easy completion to me every single time until the linebackers adjust. Which at this point they wouldn't do that. You know, I think uh, you, we can end it there. I think that, you know, I, I'd be more than happy to come on a show sometime. We can debate, you know, strategy because I don't disagree with anything you said. I actually think we do agree, um, you know, schematically. Um, but I just don't like the way the defensive coordinators, I think they're reacting incorrectly. Um, and I don't think we disagree there. And then I also agree that I don't mind the wildcat, uh, depending on the situation. And, uh, you know, I also agree that you should be putting Jackson in space. So, Logan, I appreciate you coming once again. Uh, SB Nation contributor, Baltimore Beatdown podcast, Take It to the Bank. Logan Levy brought the fire, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Sam, I want to talk a little bit about betonline.ag, one of our partners here. Listen, everybody out there, October, I think, for my money, is the best month of the year in sports. You have NHL and NBA, they're both back. NFL in full uh, full swing, college football in full swing, and of course, MLB playoffs. Uh, so baseball, Ilamo's on, I think last week or the week before, uh, he called the LCS teams, he was four for four. His uh, World Series predictions also were looking good. So listeners of our show, I just want to remind you, pay attention to that guy. But everybody out there, listen, uh, you don't want to miss out on the action and fun. Head over to betonline.ag today to make your online wagers and take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. That's PODCAST1, as in O-N-E, spelt out, PODCAST1. Receive a 50% sign-up bonus at betonline.ag. The biggest names, the biggest teams, the biggest moments are all happening all month of October Get to betonline.ag. Use that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus. Go there. Sam, what do we call that 50% sign-up bonus? That butt money. Butt money. That's uh, that's when you when you don't do anything. You sit on your keister. You enter in a promo code, and somebody gives you money. you got to take advantage of that. It's not only about those best bonuses either. They have the best lines out there. So once again, betonline.ag. Get paid. All right, Sam, I want to talk a little bit about hymns, and uh, this is a sad but true stat here. 66% of men start losing their hair by the age of 35. I am 36, and yes, I am in that 66% of men that are losing their hair. And the thing is, when you start to notice the hair loss, it's already too late. I started losing my hair, you know, probably in my early 20s. You know, hymns wasn't around back then. Uh, you know, I would go and I, I I took some weird doctor's visits. There were people out there. I was exploring surgery. I was exploring supplements. I wasn't really into it. But for everybody out there now, baldness is optional and is always easier to keep the hair that you have than it is to regrow. So 
go to forhims.com. I want everybody out there, if you're experiencing the same issues I had, if you're like the younger version of me, go to forhims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Any product that you need or want, they have it for you. Um, look, Hims connects you to real doctors and medical grade solutions. Well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions will get you your hair, secure your future, your follicle future. Uh, there's no snake oil pills, no gas station counter supplements. Uh, prescriptions and solutions are backed by science, and that's a big deal. So nothing weird, no awkward doctor's visits. And you know what? They actually ship the medication to your door, which is nice. If you're like me, you know, you're busy. It's nice to have a couple minutes back in your day. So what I want you to do, if you're if you're a listener, you're interested, go uh, to forhims.com. You get a free trial month of hymns for just $5 today while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash functional, just like the functional sportsaholic. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash functional. All right, we are with Connor Livesay from Blogging the Boys. Connor, what's going on, my man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk some football. That's right. So uh, Dallas finally showed up, man. Showed some signs of life. How was that for you this weekend? Goodness gracious. It's been a uh, long, I guess a little bit longer than a month of the 2018 season being a Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, guy who covers the team, guy who likes the team, follows the team, fan of the team. Wow. Was that, that was fun. Um, it's been a rough, rough stretch, but they, they come out, they, they put a 40 burger up on what a lot of people would consider one of the best defenses in the NFL, uh, really took a lot of people and just, just blew, blew a lot of people away. It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, I, I was, you can count me among the people that, uh, that picked, uh, picked the Jaguars to win. And I gotta say, I'm jumping off that bandwagon. Now this has been a couple of weeks where that, that vaunted, you know, so so-called vaunted Jacksonville defense really didn't quite show up, but also I don't want to take any credit away from your boys or anything either. I mean, Dak Prescott probably had his best game of the season. He finally looked to me like I thought he would look to start the year. What do you think about him? It's you, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's, it's not, He's not a quarterback for an offense that's going to throw the ball 40 to 50 times, put up four to 500 yards. That's just not the offense the Cowboys run. Um, they never will under the Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan experience. It's going to be a run-heavy team. You know, he threw the ball 27 times, uh, 20, uh, 17 for 27, 188 yards, two touchdowns. But the, the thing that a lot of people are forgetting about is are those yards on the ground. He had 11 carries for, I think it was 83 yards and a touchdown. And that's just huge because they're a running football team. They built their offensive line to run the football. They even brought in wide receivers on the team that were more so to help the running game than the passing game due to their ability to get down the field and pull some of those guys out of the box and away from the, the tackle box for Ezekiel Elliott to have some room to run. And this was the first time in in the last month of the season uh, that Prescott really used his legs, was able to create some plays on the ground. And it, it was huge. He, he, you know, a lot of people uh, look at Ezekiel Elliott and say that he carries that football team. But I think this was a game that Dak Prescott carried the football team with his legs and with his arm early in the game, able to find Cole Beasley for some big plays on third down and some big touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even coming into the season. So, you know, I do some fantasy football stuff as well. And I, I you, you hit the nail on the head for me, too. I mean, Dak Prescott, he uses his legs and that's kind of what makes him dynamic, almost like a Russell Wilson, not necessarily like a running quarterback, but a quarterback that can create, extend plays and hit guys downfield. And that's what we were finally seeing. Although I will say what, what concerns me a little bit, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, obviously, I think Beasley got what nine uh, caught seven balls and nine targets. 
Um, and then the rest of the receiving core, I think they had like one and two uh, between them. Maybe Jeff Swain got uh, three targets. But what do you think about the distribution of passes in this offense right now as it stands? Well, that that's what they wanted to do coming into the year. They went out, you know, they signed Deontay Thompson. They signed Alan Hearns. They they traded for Tavon Austin. Uh, they brought in guys who weren't necessarily wide receiver ones, guys who wanted the football. Um, and of course, every receiver, that mindset is I want the football. I want to make plays. Um, but they actually said coming into the season, you know, we want guys who aren't going to complain about us spreading the ball around. And that's what you're getting. You're getting Dak Prescott looking here, looking there, um, not necessarily zoning in on one guy. Um, so it was a bit surprising that Beasley ate up that many targets, had that many receptions, because you rarely see that in the Cowboys offense. But Jacksonville was giving it to him, and that's what they were doing. They were taking what was given to him. Um, you know, I, I do like that they they tried to get Gallup involved early. Obviously, he had the, the two receptions in the first half, and then they kind of went away from him. Um, but he had the big, you know, 33-yard reception in the, the first quarter there that was a, a huge kind of motivator for that offense, I want to say. You know, they went up Gallup with uh, AJ Boye on him one on one. Gallup went up, you know, brought down a really, really good ball, contested catch, and I felt like that kind of set the tone for that offense that they they weren't going to be intimidated by a Jacksonville defense secondary that has been so good over the last two seasons. And I think that really set the tone for that offense, and it took off from there. Sure. And then uh, taking it back to Zeke, I thought Zeke would be a little bit more involved in the passing game this year, given the I think Witten and Bryant took about 240 targets with them when they left the team. So uh, what are your thoughts? I guess you, you know a lot more. You're a lot closer to the Cowboys than I am. What do you think about Zeke, his lack of involvement in the uh, the passing game as you as a fan, maybe you as maybe even a critic of the team? Do you think that he should be used more or am I out of my mind? No, I, I totally agree with you. I think he should be used more. Um, I, I do think the the way this scheme is run on offense is they don't use the running backs in the same ways that you see guys like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, um, even some, you know, you're seeing guys, guys like Philip Lindsay, um, you know, just other not even big name running backs used in the, re- the receiving the route running as far as a running back goes. And they don't do that with him. You know, they, they try to use screens, but their screens come on every third and long, every second and long. It seems like they're trying to use a screen and defenses know that's coming. It doesn't work as much. Um, you know, they, they, they ran one a couple weeks ago that Zeke was able to break off for a huge gain um, in Detroit where, where it was a first and 10. They ran the screen. It worked. But it seems like they only want to get him involved in the passing game when it's second and third and long try to put the ball in the place playmaker's hand and make him make a play but they don't really scheme him as far as getting open running routes um you know i think he could really really do some damage as, as far as running those texas routes um eating up in the middle of the field getting the ball where where guys aren't around him um instead of dumping the ball off short and making him make a man miss i think they could do some things we saw it in detroit as well when they did run the wheel route there that won the game um, the big gain there in at the fourth quarter that was able to set him up for field goal range. Um, I wish they would do those things more. At the same time, he has had some opportunities that he wasn't able to take advantage of them. You know, the out of the step out of bounds that he had in Seattle. Uh, he had a drop pass in Seattle. So I love Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think he has the potential to be a really big receiving running back. Um, but I do think that they could use a Chris Thompson style of receiver mm-hmm. running back that is a natural route running pass catcher. Cause I don't know if it's not that he's good at those kind of things. He's more of a, let me go out in the flat, catch the ball and go. 
but they definitely don't use him that way. So it's either a coaching staff thing or a personnel thing. And either way, they got to figure that out because they have to get their running backs more involved in the passing game. Yeah, and I thought maybe with the acquisition of um, of uh, Austin coming over from uh, mm-hmm. from the Rams, I thought maybe that they would try to use him a little bit more in that capacity or maybe as a hybrid a little bit. But that's, I mean, I know that they're using him a little bit, but is, that's not really panning out like I thought maybe it would. And I, I'm with you. I think that Elliott has the talent to be like a girly type back or a Le'Veon Bell if he ever decides to report type back. But uh, it seems it seems to me like they just don't want to use him in that capacity. And that's from an outsider's point of view. Definitely. And like I said, I'm not sure if it's a they don't see it in practice, so we're not going to do it in the game or if it's a, you know, uh, we don't want him to do that. You know, we'd rather dump the ball off to him, make him make him make the plays, which that's kind of the way that offense is run. They don't necessarily they're they're not the genius play callers that we see in Sean McVay's, um, you know, the the Kyle Shanahan's guys like that. They're kind of a more of our guys better than your guy. Let's get him the football and make him make that guy look lesser than he is and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's just unfortunate that they seem to totally rely on that um almost 100 percent of the time and sometimes it gets frustrated to watch but that's kind of what they do and that's what they're going to do under like i said the jason garrett scott linehan run offense that's how it's going to work until something changes there yeah and then uh, one last thing so we talk about dak from you know every now and then i'm sorry not dak des bryant every now and then and uh, obviously he's he's unemployed he continues to be unemployed um he's more of a social media star at this point uh, <laughs> in his career would you as a cowboys fan would you have uh any problems coming back with him coming back do you not want him it seems i think i know where you're going to go with this based on you know your uh, your knowledge of the the team and them wanting to spread the ball around but what do you think about uh des bryant being out of work how do you feel as a fan I mean, it, it, it's something that it's crazy because, you know, outside of, you know, writing, covering the team, talking to just friends who are Cowboys fans for years, it was kind of like, I don't think he's going to be on the team much longer. It just looked like the path was kind of it had already been paved and it looked like they were waiting for the opportunity to move on. Um, so when he moved on this offseason, it wasn't a great surprise to me. I didn't agree with the decision. I think you can't really you can't really expect a third year quarterback who isn't known for being a great passer to put up great numbers, franchise style numbers with, you know, Deontay Thompson, Tavon Austin, a third round draft pick and Cole Beasley as a starting receiver. So it was surprising that they did move on a little bit, but at the same time, it was not. Um, I just don't think his style of receiver fits well with Dak Prescott. I think that that's kind of what the coaching staff saw. I think maybe it's even, you know, people want to point to Dak Prescott and say that he drove Des Bryant out. I think it was a scenario where, um, you know, he was asked, Hey, what, what can we do to make you a better receiver? And he told them, Hey, you know, I need a guy who creates separation. Um, I'm not a anticipation thrower. Um, I'm not a pocket passer. I need guys who I can see open the Cole Beasley style of receivers to get him the football. And that's not what Des Bryant is. He's a go up and get it. Um, you know, contest catch guy and that's just not it it showed the last few years that that wasn't successful I can't tell you how many times the ball you know was deflected up in the air and then intercepted and and it just I think it was frustrating for the coaching staff the quarterback the offense that they didn't have that guy that could create separation which is why I think they went out and got you know the the Tavon Austin the Deontay Thompson um, and then you know they they drafted Michael Gallup who's kind of like a smaller version of Des Bryant to kind of do the contested catch um, across the middle style of things and we're seeing that starting to work a little bit more I just think it's going to take some time Um, as everyone knows rookie receivers normally take a couple couple weeks a couple months to get going before they really uh, set it off Sure. Connor Lives, they bring the heat 
to Functional Sportsaholic. You can catch his uh, his writing on Blogging the Boys, SB Nation. Check that out. Also, podcast host, NFL Draft Talk, and Talking the Wait, Talking the Boys. Is that right? Talking the Star. Talking, talking the, the star. star. My bad. I can't read my no, own no, handwriting. No, that's the Blogging the Boys podcast. So you, if you if you're on Blogging the Boys, you'll see all that stuff. Um, and then we, I do all my draft stuff for Sports Talk Line, Pro Football Talk Line, and some breaking football as well. So if you like the draft, you can follow it there. If you like the Cowboys, you can follow it at Blogging the Boys. It's all going to be there. All right. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you coming by. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. So we're back. I hope you enjoyed uh, those, uh, you know, the input from the experts, as it were. And uh, Sam is currently pulling up the image of uh, <laughs> the video of Good Charlotte. Because I'm telling you, Dustin Diamond, it's a look like. Oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's the one that's married to Cameron Diaz. Not, nope. Nope. Can't be. Can't be. Yeah, man. Not living in that world. Not happening. I'm just going to go on. Look, you know, people you know, People like to make stuff up all the time in the political realm and, um, and ignore facts, um, on both sides of the aisle there. I am going to ignore that fact if it is indeed. Oh, and Nicole and Nicole Richie is married to the other brother. No. Yes. <laughs> what in the yes. world is going on? Yes. I mean, yes. I, you know, Nicole Richie's Nicole Richie, but you know, yes, this is incredible. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, this is incredible. We need to, we, you know what? We need to start a pop culture podcast one of these days so we can talk about and, and just unearth like the whole rabbit hole stuff. I'll just move that from here. The other show, Cameron Diaz. Are you kidding me? No, nah, I mean, I don't know when you get it, but I just sent you a picture of all four of them together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is gotta be something. Now I have my phone off for these shows, so I'll pick it okay. up afterwards. But anyway, all right, well, all right let's yeah. move it on. Um, let's go uh, to the NBA. Well, quickly. Uh, Gordon Gordon Hayward's back, right? So he played mm-hmm. in the uh, in the opener. Great for him. I have to wonder though, like his look, he he almost looks like he could fit right in between um, Justin Timberlake and uh, Andy Samberg in the Dick in a Box video. Am I wrong yeah. about that? No, he definitely has that. He definitely has that character. Like he's got to be wearing like a like a members only black jacket and maybe like so I think the two of them had uh, blue and purple if memory serves. He could bring yeah. in like a tangerine orange or something like that. Maybe some parachute okay. pants. I can see it. Yeah, but how did how did he play? Did you uh, watch the game? Did you pay much attention? Um, I I, I saw bits and pieces. I was that I was at the gym, so sure. I saw bits and pieces. Um, he played okay. I mean, it was good for to see him get some right. shots down and stuff like that. I think that it's going to take them a little bit to get their team figured out because they have so many guys that played really well last year and they all played really well last night. Um, a lot of the bench guys, um, Kyrie didn't have a great game, but I think they're all just trying to figure it out. Jason Tatum. Oh yeah. Was un- unbelievable. Um, yeah, man, those young guys are going to get better and better and it's going to take a while for this team to meld, you know, like right. chili, like chili. You got to let that thing slow cook. Okay. Okay. It's chili season in the Midwest. Oh, okay. now my wife, my wife just made, um, like a, uh, entered a chili competition or work does it, I guess, annually. And, uh, right. she's, she's won before, but she asked me, she got my, my opinion and I'm not a big chili fan. I like it on, I like a chili dog, but I don't like chili as a meal. Um, I feel like it's more of an accompaniment. 
Uh, but that, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm like the only person in the world. I, I guess I've never met anybody else who, who agrees with that. But uh, especially like in, in Chicago land, if you don't eat chili, you're kind of like weird. Um, and I know Cincinnati's a big chili city. There's a lot of big chili cities. But I, I, I tasted it and I said, hmm, needs more garlic. And I throw some brown sugar in there. And, uh, and she did so. And I got to say, it's the best chili I've ever had. She did not win. I think it's rigged. Um, but uh, she did not <laughs> you win. You fucked it up, man. Maybe she would have won. <laughs> Man, she makes it. But she makes the same recipe every year, though. Like, and she hasn't won. Oh. She she won the first time, and I feel like I feel like the crowd is like, you know, they, they they've recognized that recipe, but they're looking for something new. And so, like, what do you do? You hit them with garlic, and you hit them sweet, right? That, or we're in the participation trophy age, so maybe they're trying to give it around to everyone. That, honestly, know? that's that's what I think. I think that I think it's um, I think it's they're just popular, passing the yeah. trophy around. Yeah, for real. Yeah, they're like, so. oh, we can't give it to them. You know, it's kind of like she can't win every know, year. Mike, right? it's, yeah, it's kind of like Michael Jordan the whole his whole career. Yeah, we can't NBA, give yeah, him yeah. we can't give him MVP every year like Shaq. We can't give him MVP. Yeah, <laughs> he's the most dominant player. Like, yeah, so she's the Shaq of the office chili cookout. Yeah, the Shaq. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, so people went under the Carl Malones and the. Who who else won like, an, who else won an MVP in that stretch? It was Carl Malone. I know he won um, like during the Jordan years. Uh, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like Barkley might have taken one or two away. Bar- Barkley got one. Um, Ewing else? maybe. I mean, who else was big back then? Because Jordan and, and Johnson were out by the time he was dominant. Yeah. Um. I, did I say Jordan? I meant uh, um, Larry Bird and uh, Johnson yeah. were out. Um. I don't know. I'd have to look that up, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I, I don't feel like, because I'm thinking about, oh, oh, I bet you Hakeem won one or two. David Robinson, Hakeem, probably. Hakeem won, but it was when Jordan was playing baseball. That's right. Those Rockets teams were yeah. during the hiatus. Um, yeah. I feel like, yeah, Robinson would have been one. This is really riveting for everybody to listen to. Us. <laughs> you know, everybody could have just probably, probably Googled screaming. this already. They're probably screaming at their things, <laughs> yeah, ones that we're missing that are blatantly obvious like I do when I'm in the car. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, hey, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess when you, yeah, it happens. Yeah, back to chili, though, man. I like chili, like with like a big chunk of cornbread like mm, underneath yep and then the chili on top like a big bowl of that so in uh, chicago land, it, yeah there's a there's a restaurant i haven't taken you um the, the one that was close to us um is no longer in operation but um there's a there's like a um a cajun restaurant it's so good like the food in the cajun restaurants in um in chicago can rival some of the food that i've had in new orleans like it's really good and they did like a jalapeno uh corn muffin with um with a gumbo on top, holy moly, that's so good. Um, but uh, maybe Sam and I start a food podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, so um, I saw an article today. Uh, can Ben Simmons average a triple double this season? I'm just going to answer that. No, he can't. <laughs> I suppose it's possible if he gets ten points, ten rebounds, and ten assists. I guess from that point of view, like, is it possible? I guess it's possible. He's not going to. Let me say it that way. No, I think he'll probably be close. Yeah, um, sure. Because he doesn't focus a ton on on scoring, um, and he can't shoot from the outside. So I think he'll definitely, you know, he'll get his ten to twelve points. Yeah, I mean, he might have um, like those assist wise. Yeah, like, like a Jason Kidd type close, season. But he's not gonna. I don't think he's selfish enough also to just try to do that. Russell Westbrook in that season, he did that, 
was strictly just trying to do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, where he was like stealing rebounds from his teammates and and stuff like that. I believe I believe um, he's done it two seasons in a row. By the way, I, I don't know. I think Simmons is. I think Simmons will. If I if you had to press me for like a stat line, a key stat line guess, I'd say he'd probably be like around 17, 18 points. Um, I would say maybe 11 to 12 assists. And then I think his rebounds will probably be like eight-ish, seven to mm-hmm. eight. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's fantastic, right? That's, an, that's right. an incredible right. stat line, but I just don't think he'll get. So like, you know, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying that's extremely, like I think the point you were making, I think that's, a, first of all, it's an extremely rare feat. And right. you really have to be gunning for that in the back of your head. And I don't really think he's he's going to do that. Like you have to make that yeah. kind of effort night in and night out to get those stats to, you know, to pad the stats here and there. So I don't see it happening. Yeah. And he seems like he's got his head on his shoulders and he's just really trying to win. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, like yeah. LeBron, do you think LeBron can average a triple double this season if he wanted to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course he can. But he hasn't, has he? You know, because he doesn't have it at the back of his head. It's not important to him. Well, and that, I, and he's like, I'm not going to expend all this energy <laughs> trying to get a triple double. You know, yeah. like, it's a lot of energy you have to expend to constantly, you know, first be aware of that and then, you know, try to go get that, you know, running down these crazy rebounds that aren't even yours, but because you need one. So, yep. Um, another article, I meant to bring this up last week, but um, I should probably add a little or there was a little fuel added to the fire this week. Kevin Durant uh, mentioned that he was open to, or they, they were open to testing free agency. I guess the brother came out and said, let's win another ring before we get out of here or something like right, that. Right, I saw that. Yeah, yeah saw and that. then, you know, of course, you know, people were kind of melting down like that, and they're trying to defuse the situation. But does anybody honestly think that he's not going to test free agency? Like, he might stay in Golden State, but, I mean... I don't, I don't see that happening, but of course he's going to go test the waters in free agency like everywhere. And why wouldn't you? Right, especially if they win another ring, you know, and say he gets another finals MVP. I mean, what else are you going to do there? Right. You know, he, he, and, and he, let's he be, might and, as well. And people like me who have been critical of him right. about, about kind of jumping ship and going and winning the, the quote-unquote easy ring. You know, people are kind of think of that as um, – you know, Curry's team more than they think of it, mm-hmm. even, even though I think and I I don't know how many people disagree with me, but I think you and I, Sam, agree that Durant is probably the better player overall. Um, right. You know, compared to Curry. And I'm talking about like, you know, I still say LeBron's number one. Durant's probably number two for me. And then Curry yes. might be three or four. And I don't even know. He might be a three and a close three. So I'm not I'm they're really splitting hairs here. But I'm just right. saying like the perception of the especially in the media world, people like myself. You know, they just feel like, you know, the, the legacy would be better if he just went somewhere else and tried to build something. Like if he went to New York, even if he went to New York with like Jimmy Butler, you know, in free agency or whatever. Right. And we'll talk about him in just a bit, too. Um, but, you know, Sam, you know, I know you're on the side that, you know, you liked him playing in Golden State. But I think even you are kind of like ready for something different just as a fan. Yeah, no, I would like to see him go and. You know, I, I want people to do, and, and especially guys like that, like, I, I want them to do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, um, he only lived once. So if, if you're going to go out and, and you want to do what you want to do, I say, you know, do it. And who cares what people say about it? Because um, at the end of the day, you have to live with it. Um, but I know he, you know, wanted to get the monkey off his back, win some championships. It looks like he genuinely really gets along with these guys. They look like they're having a ball out there, but I would like to see him go to, you know, 
an Eastern Conference team. Let's start trying to, you know, get some better teams over that way. Yeah. Maybe pull somebody else because you know this day and age, man, you're not you're not getting to the finals or you're not winning it without two or three guys. It's just not going to happen because the other teams had these teams like that. You know, they so you can't just be one guy trying to. LeBron's been doing it for a long time, and the only time he was super successful is when he had, you know, a couple other hosses on his team right um so so you have to have you have to have horses with you absolutely absolutely uh and speaking of one of those possible horses so jimmy butler in what is the most awkward breakup and i would i and i thought last year's san antonio leonard thing was weird this is weirder um so it's like we're we're watching a, a divorce happen like on reality tv on um, facebook yeah i mean it's it's all which like we've all seen yeah it's we've very all true seen on facebook like where it's like you know, the husband or the wife is trashing the other one. Um, like to all their, to all their mutual friends on Facebook. Yeah, right? to all yeah. their mutual friends. Like, or I should, we shouldn't I even say. I don't know how many how many people do that anymore. That might be more of a thirty to forty year old thing. Maybe it's maybe it's more like Twitter now. Everybody's just blasting everybody on Twitter. And um, yeah, I don't even know, away. man. I think I, I don't I don't have Facebook anymore. But I you know I do ask you know my friends from time to time like so what's going on with these people because like some of them have been like you know, like two years, like constantly going at each other on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, do you not have anyone in your life that's like, Hey man, like maybe take that shit offline. You know, <laughs> is, is that really necessary? Like, it's kind of like, what? that's just the day and age we live in, man. People want people to see what they're up to. And even if it's the, the, <laughs> the terrible things. I don't get it, man. Yeah, there was um, so. Uh, let me try to figure. Ah, screw it. I'll just tell the story um, verbatim or how it is. Yeah, I was gonna dance yeah. around it, but screw it. Um, just so go with. yeah, like when uh, when my wife and I were preparing to get married. Uh, you know, we were, we, you know, there's a lot of just family stuff that, that goes on. You know, of course you get the pressure, Sam, you know, this very well. There's a lot of pressures when you get engaged, you know, the family started getting involved and then money starts mm. getting thrown around. And then people think that they, you know, because I'm, I'm chipping in this amount, I now own a slice of the wedding and, you know, it starts to get that, that side of things. Um, then you start doing activities with everybody. Well, my wife's family was divorced. Um, still is, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, they, they remarried very young and, and we started doing some family things, um, you know, with both sides and some pictures popped up on Facebook of us with another family. And then one of the, uh, the family members like was critical of like, I can't even remember the situation critical of us <laughs> being out with like that family or something like that. And like left like a snarky comment or something like that. I was just like, <laughs> you know, I was just like, uh, you know, no, uh, did, under, you, did you clap on him? Uh, no, I, I'm not down with that, uh, that slang. Does that mean clap, like, uh, clap back at him? Did you, yeah, uh, go um, back at him? I basically said, take it, took it offline or what'd you do here? Uh, in that, in that situation I posted and I said, um, because it was slightly critical of my fiance now wife, which I didn't care for at all. And she had been kind of dealing with a lot of crap from, from everybody, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of pressure. Cause, and, and again, the Midwest is kind of like that. Like everybody's in everybody's business here. Um, for as long as I've been up here, I've, I've just noticed like everybody just feels like they know a little bit more about your life <laughs> than you do. But, um, you know, they, they were, you know, critical and it, it was something, it was something that I felt was pretty rude to, to my wife, which I took exception with her fiance back then. 
Um, I can't remember exactly what I did, but I basically, I think I, I replied in comment and said, um, you know, how, like how the family situation, the dynamics were, you know, before, you know, Chris and I got engaged, Right. that's not really my business, but it is my business now. And it ends here. Like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this shit. That's not, this is not how I'm going to live the rest of my life. So if you guys want to be sour about stuff, be sour on your own time. Like not on everybody's Facebook boards. There are going to be pictures. I do remember this. It's coming back to me. I remember saying there are going to be pictures for the rest of our lives with different people showing up on our Facebook feeds and, and social media and, and all around. I'm not going to be dealing with this bullshit. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's and that's the end of it. And I've never I've never had an issue since. But you got to take care of that stuff. Like right when that happens. Yeah, and it's just so funny how people like they feel so compelled to say something because they're hiding behind kind of a keyboard. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, it's like they get that you know that juice in them that just like I gotta say something. Yeah, like they, you know, hit that inner button, and you're like, oh, right. Well. Yeah, well, we we might have we might have brought this up on the show. I think we probably did. Um, bring this up but like we we talk about a little bit how when you and i grew up you still had to call girls and call their houses and talk to the fathers before you even got to the girl and um and like then like right around the time we were starting to graduate was when this uh the america online popped up and like you could like (laughs) im each other's and we did have a whole segment on this show sam but um we didn't talk about that, but we're not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, but like, like you and I would always say, hey, you know, you you get a little bit more ballsy. Like you'd say things that you would never say to somebody to their face, and and oh, you know, you and I were using it for the powers of good, just trying to like you know get with girls and stuff. But you know, now right. people just now people hide behind it. You know, it's like people that are just trying to troll. Like every time I post um, rankings, actually, it's been a little bit better lately. Um, but like when I post like fantasy rankings and stuff on Reddit, which by the way, if you're interested, just go to Get Paid Podcast. It's good for daily fantasy and it's good for fantasy. Just rankings and projections. Um, I do them for free. You don't need to log in. Uh, go check them out. But, you know, people come back and be like, oh, you know, why do you have so-and-so so low? And it's just like, well, you know, they're computer rankings. You know, it's a, it's a, it, it, these are these are rules and, and programs that are right. Sometimes it spits something out that's unconventional. Like, um, you know, like Austin Eckler. One week I had Austin Eckler ranked again, like ahead of um, Ezekiel Elliott in terms of point projection. Like Austin Eckler, you know, pass catching running back guy who spells Melvin Gordon. Like why, why would, why would that ever be the case? You're an idiot. You're ranked, and wouldn't you know it? Like that's exactly what happened because Ezekiel Elliott, the the Dallas offense was struggling. They were playing a tough defensive line, and Austin Eckler was playing a team that could not cover screen passes well. And wouldn't you know it? You know that's it. It, it went as planned, but you know people you know, the social media, we say it every week here. It's like, you know, everybody just thinks they know just a little bit more and they want to say that thing on, on social media and they want to, you know, make that funny comment and all that stuff. I, I don't really care. I mean, that's just kind of what people do. I don't engage with those, you know, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. if it's, you know, sometimes, you know, in, in, in fairness to the people that do post, if anybody's listening to the show, a, a lot of times I'd probably say like 80, 90% of the comments that do come back are like helpful things like, oh, hey, I think you formatted the table wrong or the link's wrong or, mm. hey, you know, I noticed you had this player ranked so um ranked low why would that be you know as opposed to you're an idiot you're an asshole you know yeah. my favorite receiver is <laughs> ranked 10th he should be first you know i get a lot of that stuff too it's yeah like, funny okay. story about that though um this guy starts going at me on <laughs> a picture of me and my daughter and i start like going back and forth with this guy and i'm like why yeah. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And then like other people start getting involved and like they were taken up for me, which was nice. But like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? 
you know, I'm like constantly checking and I'm like, why am I getting involved well, in this? Why are, like, why are you putting that mental energy into something? So like somebody, right. you know, and, and, it's, and it's like all that stuff after the election where, um, where we found out that like, yeah, basically the, the, uh, the Putin's, uh, Putin's, um, hackers and everything. They had like all these like people in a, in a, in a den somewhere or like in an office space, like one group would just set up like Republican things and one group would set up Democrat things and they would just go and just start beef, <laughs> like fake right. beef online. And everybody just bought into it. Uh, I guess I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty good about staying out of that stuff unless it's people I know and it's a situation, um, specifically that, uh, that needs to stop. Like, you know, very rarely, I like, I don't even post anything on, so outside of like the show, uh, by the way, at TFS underscore Sean, that's S E A N. And Sam is at TFS underscore Sam Van Dam, uh, Jean-Claude Van Dam's cousin. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't, um, get involved with that stuff. I think it's a waste of time for me. It, it, more, more importantly, it's a, it's a waste of mental energy. I could be working on the show. I could be working on books, Yeah. you know, and, and more importantly, I could be like not getting myself all worked up and pissed off about somebody I'm never going to meet, <laughs> I know. you know? And usually I don't, uh, yeah. yeah, go fuck yourself, man. Stop, <laughs> you know, stop, you stop ble- beefing you with people. bleep this whole episode. Come on, man. No, nah, man, let it roll. No, no, no. <laughs> Gotta make this TV. Hey, man, this is, uh, this is a show for kids. This is a show for kids. We're bringing the kids up. We're letting them know how to, how to act and how to be men. My daughter listens when we're in the car, and then she <laughs> says, You gotta put money like, in the swear jar. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she, she says, you and Uncle Sean are our potty word boys. <laughs> oh man, that should be the that should be our pop culture podcast name. The pot, what was oh, it? Man, potty that, word boys. The potty word boys. So I that like could that. be the ty- That could be the title of this uh, <laughs> this episode. How about the uh, the functional sportsaholic after show? The potty the potty word boys. The potty word boys. Yep. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, you have anything else? I know we're kind of getting along with uh, all the other segments. You have anything else you want to talk about? I don't, man. No, no, nothing right. crazy. What about you? Oh, no, I just, you know, just want to remind everybody not to be an asshole, basically. Just use another potty <laughs> word. You know, try try to respect each other, like social media, like the beef and all that stuff. What's the point, man? And, like, you know, there are people out there that, that really just like to get under each other's, you know, other people's skin and they think it's funny and all that. If you're one of those people, I just want to let you know that psychologically, the real issue is that you're trying to take control of something in your life. <laughs> you don't have any control in your life, so you need to, like, needle other people so that, that you can feel some kind of sense of control. So my suggestion to you is either, um, you know, take up a hobby, take up like knitting or something and try to expend that negative energy and create something or, you know, just do better, do better at life. Do um, better, man. And if, you know, if, if, if you're out there and you're on social media and somebody you don't know is trolling you, just be like, just ignore it. Just ignore it. You know, and, if, and, if, and this is a, a true thing. Like, cause cyberbullying is a thing. I'm not into bullying. I've never been a bully. I've never been bullied. Thank God. Um, or maybe I have, and I was just, you know, too, you know, too arrogant to notice, <laughs> notice. <laughs> as possible. That's, that's I might've been bullied my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the case. <laughs> so, but you know, um, yeah, I definitely I think I tried to bully you like when we first like started hanging out because yeah. I was definitely a bully. Yeah. Alpha, uh, alpha, alpha dog stuff doesn't really work on me. It's just, like, yeah, all right. no. And I learned that pretty quick. <laughs> Gooch is still trying to learn that, but yeah. You know. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people in my life need to learn that lesson, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I, I'll say you like I, Gucci. You know, I give him a lot of shit. I do. Uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a great guy, and I'll say that um, you know he's a very patient person. Um, 
like with other people and stuff. No, like it, like this is like a real, a real like compliment. Um, something okay. I don't necessarily, something that I don't necessarily have. Right. Um, yeah. so I want the trolls to do better. You know, those people that, that don't have any control in their life and need that control. So they needle people. I want you to do better. I'm going to do better too. And I'm going to try to be more patient with people. Uh, because yeah. like Gucci, Gucci, I mean, he really does try to keep relationships going. Like even ones that you're like, why? Like you didn't even have much of a relationship. <laughs> like he'll be like, he'll, he'll run into somebody that like he talked to once, like when he was seven years old and he'll try to like, yo, give me your number. Like, oh, like he's a really yeah. nice like guy like that. And like, yeah, I know yeah. you and I are just like, come on, man, let's go. We gotta, you know, let's get to dinner. We got a movie to get to or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd rather get, you know. He, he is, is, he is like that. Like, there are people like is. that in the world. He is, man. If you played soccer with him when you were, like, eight years old, and or maybe against him, you know, he'll he'll want to meet up and get dinner the next time he's in town. Yeah, it's he's, so weird. It, it's, hey, it's weird to us, but, you know, it's, it is nice. Maybe we're just not nice people. We are nice. <laughs> I, never, I feel like know, I'm kind-hearted. I'm not. I'm nice. I'm nice to people that like are that I'm down with. I'm not. I'm not nice to like randos. Yeah, I'm you know? actually. I I would say like outside, you know, of course, because I, I I put my own family, like you know, my wife and my kid, and you know everything. I put them on a pedestal. I'm very very nice to them, obviously, but uh, like I'm nicer to strangers than I am to acquaintances. Now I have like you, like you guys are like my brothers. Um, you know, I have some other brothers too, and the, the um like you know metaphorical brothers and real brother and you know those people you know i'm I'm loyal to no end for for all those people but anybody who's not in that circle of trust yeah break give me a break especially especially like acquaintances that aren't doing well in terms of like you know judgmental like being judgmental or being like you know trying to control and all that stuff I, i have no patience i suffer i suffer no fools when it comes to that stuff I got you, man. Yeah, buddy. I got you. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm all revved up now. <laughs> hey, and maybe for the next episode, we'll talk about that guy that always takes your stories and puts himself into the story. Oh, that's we don't a have good to drop one. a name, but I feel like oh my gosh. I feel like that's a good cliffhanger. That is a good cliffhanger. So there's a guy that has been trying to steal my identity for about 20 years now. I'm gonna write a note on our show board here. Um. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Tune yeah, in. We will we will tell you that story. That is one of the most bizarre Tune things, in. and it's, it still happens today. This guy tells stories <laughs> about me, removes me from the story, and puts himself into it. It's the weirdest thing. We'll, we'll bring that up next week. Um, but I think that is a great time to close the show out. Sam, you got anything else for us, man? Oh man, be good. <laughs> yeah, everybody, be good. <laughs>